Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. Someone say amen. You can stand with me this morning to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. As you're returning there, please do not forget this coming Wednesday is our candlelight service here at the church. And it will start at normal church time at 7 o'clock. So it will be a night of singing and a night of uh, scripture reading uh, from the story of Christmas uh, that's found in scripture. Amen. So it's always a good time to come. And uh, kind of a, I say laid back, but it just has its own own feel and its own uh, dynamic. So please come, amen, and be a part of that. We'd love for you to be here and join us with that last, uh, last service before Christmas Eve and those other things that take place. Next Sunday, however, we will just have one service in the a.m., that will be Christmas Eve, and we'll have one service in the a.m. I'll be finishing up this series that we're in right here. We've been in the, the Gift of Hope series uh, for the past, this is week number four. We've talked about hope for uh, redemption and hope for peace and hope for salvation, and we're continuing with that this morning. We want to talk about hope for renewal. Amen. So come, be a part of those things, and uh, we'll have a, have a good, good time. Amen, this, this coming Wednesday and the following weekend. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. We'll look at maybe a little bit of the greater uh, verses and Scriptures that surround this one as we go along. But just one verse of Scripture here in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17. So glad to see all of you in the house of the Lord today. Amen, glad to have you, amen, here this morning. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, and there are some things that become new. Again, I want to talk to you this morning about hope for renewal. Hope for renewal. Renewal. I know we've been doing a lot of praying today, amen, but he said, make my, my house a house of prayer, amen. Father, I come to you this morning. We need, Lord, your help today as we look at the scripture, the scripture surrounding, God, this verse today, God, instill something within our hearts and minds, God, a hope, Lord, of this season, Lord, redemption, Lord, salvation, peace, God, renewal, I pray, oh, Lord, today, touch us afresh, God, by your word, and will not fail to thank you for what you do do here today in Jesus name everyone say amen amen you may be seated this morning in Jesus name there is an aspect today or one aspect of being human in this world that we live and that is the ability to renew oneself uh, we, we have this uncanny ability, as it would seem, people can go through, through many uh, tragedies and, and difficulties, and humanity seems to have this ability, as it were, to bounce back from adversity. We, we, are, we are modeled in such a way we can learn from experiences, and we embrace oftentimes new beginnings 
in this life that we live. And we see it around us. Even nature itself expresses to us this concept and idea of the possibility of renewal. We see it in the changing of the seasons from summer to fall and fall to winter and winter back to spring. We see the plants that regenerate and the life cycles of the things in nature around about us, instilling the idea as, as fundamental as it is, this aspect of existence that renews from season to season or from year to year. And even on a, a very personal level and at times a public level, uh, when we seek forgiveness or whenever we try to make amends uh, with one another or we strive even uh, for a different type of moral improvements in our life, all of those are just a yearning for a type of renewal in our lives we we seek in our lives oftentimes we're seeking healing or we're wanting and desiring restoration and that is a desire for renewal even even change I know that's that's the big c word you know in our lives even change that we oftentimes experience either forced upon us or that we choose to participate in it all revolves around the concept of renewal for instance if you were to go uh, and look today, there are about uh, 15,000, about 15,000 uh, self-help books that are published annually in the United States. Uh, self-help books are probably, they say, one of the fastest growing nonfiction categories in the United States, and they generate about $10 million worth that are sold annually. And what this represents among us here in the United States is a group and a body of people that's desiring some type of fresh start in some aspect of their life. They're some type of self-help to, you know, whatever it is, find happiness, you know, do well with your diet and all these different things. It's, it is a cry, it is a search, it is a pursuit for renewal worldwide. And uh, I didn't know this until I researched it, but worldwide there are 26 completely different New Year's days. I mean, they don't all start on January 1st. 26 different New Year days, amen, across the world. Some of them celebrate New Year's Day for more than two weeks. And as a result of this, it indicates to me an indication universally for a longing of a fresh start. A new year, a fresh start, right? That's You might already be penciling some down. That's when you're making your resolutions. That's when you vow to make some personal improvements in your life, right? You're going to get that promotion. You're going to lose those five pounds. You're going to go to the gym for the first three months. And anyway, you're making all those. It's a time for renewal, and you're optimistic. You're optimistic about a new beginning. Well, in Scripture also, though, the birth of a baby is a very radiant portrait of renewal as well in the Gospels. It is a very powerful symbol that, that captures the essence of a fresh start. Whenever you see a newborn born, it's just like, man, here's, here's a new life that's beginning again. This child has a, 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 a slate that is clean for them to go forward and be ambitious and do whatever they would desire to do with their life. And so in those soft little coos that we hear and those tender little cries of a child, there also echoes the promise again 
of a chance to learn and a, a chance to grow, a chance to embrace the world through a child's eyes with, with a renewed sense of wonder and curiosity all found in a baby. Each birth is, is just signifying the dawn of a new day and a promise of boundless possibilities. But there is perhaps no child born that illustrates that more than the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ because his birth announced the dawn of a new era. His birth announced the, the, the dawn of a new day that, that would be marked for all of humanity offering hope and renewal and restoration and more importantly offering the promise of a spiritual rebirth for all of humanity. It brought, Christ brought in his birth, who would know that this would be packaged in just a little child, but in that package was the transformative power to mend brokenness in that baby in Bethlehem's manger. Within that little swaddling clothes was the power to heal the wounds and the diseases of the world right there. Within that little baby was the power to wash away the stains of humanity in what would be the frailty of a baby. Amen. That baby bore some extraordinary destiny in himself. He was God's plan. Christ was God's plan for renewal. And so that seed of renewal that is in Jesus Christ, it was the catalyst. It was the force, if you will, for a new beginning. It was the source of an unending hope that didn't have to fall off, that the world was yearning for, yearning for restoration. It was a gift to all of those who would accept it. Christ was, amen, the gift of gifts, amen, of any Christmas season. And so whenever we consider life in our own lives, we deal with things, don't we, in life? Life, life is not perfect. Life, life is not, you know, just, just all rainbows and, and always sunny skies. Life is not like that. You have all have experienced enough of life to understand that many times it has seems more, more valleys than it does peaks. It seems like sometimes it has more trouble than it does answers. And so we, we go through the valleys of adversity in this life that we live. We suffer oftentimes, even coming to church with emotional turmoil. Right? Our minds are scattered. Our dreams at times are shattered. We're, we're weighed down sometimes with heavy loads as we walk in here because there's a lot of unmet expectations that, that we are contending with. And we can leave sometimes and our hearts are so heavy and our spirits are so weary about where we have lived and what we have walked through. And you, you face a myriad of things. Some people face the, the brokenness of relationships and unfulfilled field aspirations in your life some people are still licking and tending to the wounds of scars of time past in their lives all of these things and we long for what we long for a change we long for an alteration we long for a new beginning a rejuvenation if you will a fresh start if, if I could just outlive my past or or if I could just unload this emotional baggage if if I wouldn't have to deal with the loss and the betrayal and the failure 
pressure, amen, that I have experienced, if, if I didn't have to deal with the desolation and, and all this stuff in my life because weariness comes, right? You deal with those type of emotions and those type of situations and it's like Job said, it's the water that repetitiously beats against the stone that wears it away and it's just the weariness streaks in, comes in and the strains of life, the demands of life, overwhelming responsibility. Some of you own business, the overwhelming responsibilities of the daily grind, the relentless pursuit, amen, that everybody needs something, always asking for something and your soul is just yearning for a little respite. It just needs a little sanctuary where the burden can be lifted and, and the air can be breathed and you can just have enough room, if you will, to live, amen, in peace. Perhaps that's reason why the prophet Isaiah, who lived during such a time that was perhaps similar to ours, said in Isaiah 28, this is the rest wherein ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. He said that rest that would come, what he was alluding to, that refreshing that would come that Isaiah was alluding to. He stood up and was really being prophetic about some time in the future. The rest he was talking about, the refreshing he was talking about, he said that God would speak to his people through stammering lips and another tongue. God, he said that's the rest wherein the weary can rest. That's the refreshing. It's the same thing really that Peter spoke in the New Testament as crowds of people gathered after the miracle of the lame man that sat at the gate called Beautiful, a crowd gathered around Peter, and Peter said this unto them in chapter 3 of Acts. He said, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There are a lot of other translations of that same verse that doesn't present it so much that repent when the time of refreshing comes, but to repent that the time of refreshing may come. Not so much that when the times of refreshing are there should you repent, but if you repent, that provokes, that initializes, that brings about a time of refreshing. Our repentance is a stimulus if you will for times of refreshing and so with that Peter is linking together both renewal and repentance but there's no chance of repentance or any part of God's redemption plan if it's not for the birth of Jesus there's no hope of repentance. There's no hope for redemption without the birth of Jesus. And so the birth of Jesus bridges the gap between God and man. It makes Jesus' birth, makes repentance accessible to you and I. And so what that does then for us is this. If it bridges the gap and then brings the, the access to repentance, then according to Peter, that will also bring us access to a time of refreshing. Whether it be today or tomorrow or two weeks from now, through repentance, through that, that time of just being vulnerable before the Lord, it will bring, a t I felt a time of refreshing happening around here this morning what is that that's the gift of renewal that took place all the way in Bethlehem's manger still capable of bringing refreshing and renewal still yet today 
John the Baptist came forth and he had a message. Six months before Christ was born, he was born. And he led in ministry before Christ led in his ministry. And John the Baptist's message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. But what all of this permitted was for Jesus even to come forth and his message to be one of repentance because within that seed of repentance is a journey of renewal. Renewal for your brokenness. Renewal for your life that seems to be upside down. Renewal for your hurt and your pain and your emotional baggage. When Jesus was born, he entered the human condition. Amen. He entered the human condition. He hungered. Scripture says so. He thirsted. He became weary. Bible says whenever he went to meet the, the lady at the, 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 the well, that he was wearied with his journey. He was a man, Isaiah said, what he would be, and he was, he was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted, the scripture says, with grief. His feet stood at the dusty grave of his friend Lazarus. And the shortest verse of the Bible proclaims that Jesus wept. He was born and he entered into the human condition. Hebrews says he was in all points tempted like you and I are, yet he was without sin. And as a result of that, Christ did what? Christ created a path unknown to man. He created a path unknown to man. And you know what it was? It was a route of restoration. It was a route of renewal. He was in his time, and even still yet today, if we look to him, he was the signpost that basically informed that the hungry and the thirsty, they can be filled. He assured that those that were heavy laden, that they could find rest. He was the signpost that said, hey, to whoever is sorrowful, to whoever is grieving, he guaranteed also that joy would come in the morning and his mercies are new every day. He was pledging to all of those that were crying. He was telling them that there's coming a day that there'll be a wiping away of your tears. What are those expressions? Those are expressions of renewal that can only come from the Lord. He'll feel, he'll wipe away he'll strengthen he'll encourage he'll give joy that is renewal he assured Mary and Martha when he came to their brother's grave he told Martha he said your brother will rise again it's a statement of restoration Martha says I know he will rise in the resurrection but Jesus gets more 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 uh, concise and says I am the resurrection and whenever Jesus said I am the resurrection when he said that he said everything that humanity craved because Jesus being the resurrection goes along with every other synonym that relates to the resurrection when Jesus said that I am the resurrection he was telling her I am these are synonyms of resurrection I am revival I am rebirth. I am renewal. 
I am restoration, restoration. I am resurgence. I am refreshing. I am new birth. I am reformation. I am regenesis. Whenever he said, I am the, the resurrection, he was all of those renewing aspects, amen, that society that we hunger for. Therefore, our text said, if any man be in Christ... A little further down it says, then behold, all things are become new. John, who wrote the Gospels and also wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, John said in 1st John 4, 7, catch this now, God sent his only begotten son, and this is a phrase out of it, God sent his only begotten son into the world that we, I might have gave you the wrong one, Brother Mason, that we might live through God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So that means Jesus was born for the purpose that we could live through him. And to live through Jesus is to be in Jesus. See, we have a new lease on life because of the baby in Bethlehem. John tells us the purpose of his coming. The old preachers used to say it like this, Christ died our death for us that we might live his life for him. See, we must understand why, because when we start to look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and we see verse number 17, it starts with that, that word that we all times run over, but it starts with the word therefore. And so we got to look at the other context of Scripture, right? Because it's referring to something. And so what we start to see is we get the benefits of a new life by being in Christ. And that privilege is, is extended to us and is available to us because Christ, listen to me, Christ is not some figment of our imaginations. Christ is not a fable. Christ is not a story to read. Christ is not something to make money off of. He's not a figment of our imaginations. He was born. He was born. As a matter of fact, as you begin to look at, at 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 16, it starts to tell us the story of the life of Christ. And it speaks to us very clearly this, that Christ died, and I believe I made mention of this uh, Wednesday, but let's reiterate again. Christ died, he died for all, so all died is what the Scripture says. He died for all, so all died. And what this did for us is that it empowered us then not to live for ourselves. It's there in the scripture. But to live for the one who was born for us, died for us, buried for us, and rose for us. Amen. The renewal is so powerful according to those verses of Scripture in verses 14 through 16. The renewal is so powerful that the Scripture says we don't recognize them. After the renewal, after the restoration, we, Paul says, I don't recognize them by their flesh anymore. Why? Because all things have become new. They're, they're not the same person. They're not the same individual. Huh? Someone said, when I came to find the Lord, man, it, it changed my whole disposition. 
It it changed my attitude. It it, it impacted my personality. Any man can live in, according to Scripture, any man can live in Christ and through Christ because Jesus was born. He says that's the purpose of his birth so that mankind could live through him, so mankind could live in him. I'm telling you, any sinner, and I know as humanity we got our levels, but you can call them despicable, you can call them depraved, you can call them disgusting, whatever but any sinner regardless of the sin can find a renewal a new life in Christ Jesus past doesn't matter current circumstances don't matter there's hope of re- hear me today online whoever may be watching on this Sunday morning there is hope for a renewal for you this Christmas season it didn't stop with the birth and it didn't stop with the death it continues today he came so you could be in him and live through him there's hope that's what the scripture said look at 2 Corinthians read it even as I'm teaching here today 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 through 16 look at the scriptures they're telling them that they just even didn't recognize this individual anymore. A renewal that would cause them to be unrecognizable by those who formerly knew them. Now that's a renewal. Before Jesus, again, all men were in Adam. But... Those who are in Christ, the Bible says, will be made alive. Theodore Epps says it like this. He says the word in that happens before in Christ, the word in does not in this connection speak of location such as, you know, well, there's Sister Jen. She got in her automobile. It's not so much location, but it carries the idea of union. Therefore, those in Christ are those in him. And Paul talks about it a lot in the letters that he wrote to the churches some 164 times. He's using these phrases about being in Christ and in him in his writings. And James Montgomery Boyce Boyce says this, this type of union means that what is true of Christ is also then true of you. If he's loved, then... You characterize that too. Huh? If he has power, you're in Christ. You're characterized by the one that you've been united with. John MacArthur adds, and I like this uh, statement. He says, a Buddhist does not speak of himself as being in Buddha. Nor does a Muslim speak of himself as in Muhammad. A Christian scientist is not in Mary Baker Eddy or a Mormon in Joseph Smith or Brigham Young. They may faithfully follow the teaching and examples of those religious leaders, but they are not in them. Only Christians can claim to be in their Lord because they have been made spiritually one with Him. Why? By your renewal, by your rebirth. He came, yes, but He said whenever He went away, He said, I will come again. I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you and the one that was with them, amen, shall be in them and they in him. Someone say amen. He said in John 15, I am the vine and ye are the branches. If ye abide in me and I in you, my God, that's renewal. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Look at it. Look at this union, all right, with Christ. Romans 6, this union with Christ. Romans 6 and 4. Hopefully I got the right verses for you. I'm so sorry, Brother Mason. Therefore, look at the union. Note it as we go along. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk, also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. All of those little places in just those four verses of being in Christ, you see it over and over again, this with him, this together, this this like as uh, Christ, so are we. All of this uniting, look at the uniting. Uniting in his death, uniting in his burial, uniting in his resurrection. We participate with him in those things. You will say, Brother McGee, I wasn't there at Calvary. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't one of the thieves hanging on the tree next to him. I, I didn't crawl into the tomb. Oh, yes, you did, sir or ma'am. We participate. We get in Christ and through Christ we do this. How? Whenever you repent of your sins, you die with him. Whenever you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're buried with him. Whenever you come up and you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen, you are resurrected with him. You are in Christ. Renewal, rebirth, regeneration. And we, listen, we still have the hope for this. This wasn't an Acts 2 situation only. It was in Acts 2. It's in Acts 6. It's in Acts 10. Can you hear me right now? And the book of Acts has no amen. It's not finished because the Acts of the Apostles are still taking place right now. Amen. Paul, Paul knew what he was speaking of. He knew that all of this pattern of being with Christ, together with Christ, would produce a new creature, and in our text, new patterns of life that would be unrecognizable in comparison to our former selves. Paul said, this is Paul in Galatians. Paul said, after he was crucified with Christ, he said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He even said, I think it's Colossians or Corinthians, he said, I'm always bearing about my body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. What? That the life also can be manifest in our bodies. I like it when Paul said this. One translation says it like this. says that we, you and I, those that are in Christ, are a fragrance of Christ to God. Your lives produce an aroma unto heaven. Renewal. So again this morning, hope for renewal in the church. And please hear me well. Hope for renewal in the church isn't just the hope or in this direction. This is the standard. It's not a hope for a better man. 
It's not a hope for a better life. It's the hope of a new man. It's the hope of a new life. It's the hope of a different nature than what you formerly had. Hope for renewal in Christ is not just, it's not the concept of you're being reformed or rehabilitated or re-educated because you, you get rehabilitated and you're, you're like being rehabilitated back to a former place that you were before. So when we talk about renewing Christ, we're not talking about going back to something that you were. We're talking about that Jesus came to offer us renewal by recreation. Oh, yeah. It's recreation. The new creature, that's what he said we would become. We're a new creature. We're a new man. The new creature is something that's brought into existence that didn't exist before in your life. Someone say amen. It's, it's a new birth. That's the reason, and I, I, I preached it along these lines before. That's the reason why when you look in the Old Testament Scripture, and you see uh, the, the character of Saul, and uh, he, he has went to the prophet, and the prophet's told him where his father's donkeys are at that had been lost. And he says, this is what I want you to go do. Go to such and such place. And when you do, you're going to come among the prophets and all this. And uh, God's basically going to change your heart. And the Bible says whenever he got among the prophets, he began to prophesy, and all these things took place. And there were people that were around there that seen Saul that knew him before. Everybody say Before knew him before, and they looked at one another and said, is this the son of Kish? You know why? Because the activity of his life in that moment wasn't the Saul that they knew before. Amen. He wasn't being renewed. He was being recreated. He wasn't being renewed. He was being reformed, if you will. And so our, our, our text this morning, and I'll be mindful of your time. I know we start later, so I will be mindful of your time. Our text captures the essence then of renewal. It reveals that through Christ, there's remarkable change that can happen in each of our lives. It's a transformation. Everybody say transformation. It's a transformation, again, that goes beyond just reform, that goes beyond improvement on what is there. It's a complete regeneration, a rebirth into a new creation i believe it's in hebrews the bible speaks about that we are a royal priesthood we are a chosen generation and the bible speaks about how we can be there's the washing of regeneration that happens in our life by the holy ghost and the word regeneration or even generation it comes from a, a, a greek word geneos which where we get our word for genes, and I'm not talking about blue genes, I'm talking about G-E-N-E-S, genes, your makeup, right? Everybody gets that. You usually, you inherit that from your parents and your family line. There's no way to really alter that. Your nose is going to be such and such, your ear is going to be. But he said there's a washing of regeneration there's a regening. You see, whenever we're born into the, the family of the Lord, he's called us, the Bible says, with the spirit of adoption. He's adopted us into his family. 
But he don't just adopt us into his family. He regenes us. And when it regenes me, he changes, in essence, on the spiritual form, he changes my family line. Huh? Sister Malin, that that's not just renewing who I was. That's recreating who I was. That's a regenesis. That's a regening of who I was. Brother Mason, you can come. And so the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus that we find in the Christmas narrative, what that birth does then is serve as the force. It serves, if you will, as the initialization for this renewal I'm talking about today. Because his arrival upon the earth, yes, it, it ushered in a new era marked by hope and restoration and promise and all these things. But through Christ, he became the conduit. Christ became the conduit for our renewal. He became, he became the offering for the change that we need to experience in our life, that fresh start, that new beginning that can only be, be accessible and can take place through his birth, his burial, his death, his resurrection. See, renewal, again, listen to me, and you understand with me, renewal isn't some superficial change. It's a deep, profound alteration that occurs when we get in or unite with Christ. When I get in Christ, I, I adopt his teachings. When I get in Christ, it's a union, it's a spiritual oneness, it's something that leads to complete rebirth and a newness of life. We embow our heads today, and if that is the case, then I'm telling you this morning, it is, it is imperative that we hold fast this hope of renewal. We hold fast it that in it, we're not seeking for just a, a better version of our old selves. No, 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 no. Not just a better version of what Paul was, but I'm hoping to embrace the promise of becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. And whenever we have experienced the renewal and the refreshing of the Lord, it will cause and provoke inside of us to go forward and want to be ambassadors of what? Ambassadors of the transformative work and the power of Jesus Christ. What? Being a light for others to let them know that there is hope for renewal even for their lives in what a world that deals with the weariness, that deals with the emotional baggage, that deals with all of the frustrations and hurts and pains, that's looking for, if you will, the red reset button of a new start, a new beginning, a do-over. Ladies and gentlemen, it's only found in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away, and all things have become new. Do you need a recreation today? Do you need a regeneration today? It's made accessible to us because of what we celebrate in this season. There can be a regening of your life because there was some DNA that was born in Bethlehem's manger 
that was part earthly through Mary, but part heavenly through God. That presented to us was one that would hunger and thirst, but one that could also break bread and feed multitudes. There was one that could, because of tiredness, could lay down and go to sleep on the ship, but could also stand up and command peace to a storm in the winds. It's available because of his birth. Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever's hearing and under the sound of my voice today, there's hope. There's hope for you today. There's hope before, but beyond what you have known in your life, beyond what you've experienced in your life, beyond what you've touched and felt in your life, there's hope beyond that. Our great God through Christ is still willing to adopt people into his family and change their family tree, so to speak, and at the same time change a destiny. But that was brought to us. That ability, that access was brought to us because of the babe Christ who lived, who grew up, who questioned doctors and lawyers and in the temple at 12 years old and told his mom and dad, I must be about my father's business. That started his public ministry in his 30s and did so for about three and a half years and surrendered himself for mankind. He says, I'm going to have to give up life because somebody needs a new life. I feel his spirit still yet here today. Maybe someone just needs to lean in a little bit more to that union with Christ. He'll change you. He'll change you. He'll alter. He'll alter you. And he's able to do it even still yet today. Can we raise our hands across this place? Can someone be thankful for the hope? The hope of rebirth? The hope of renewal? The hope of an alteration? All things become new? These altars are open this morning for somebody that may be seeking for that. Perhaps this altar is open today for someone to initiate once again that privilege of repentance that there will be times of refreshing that there will be times of refreshing you coming to the Lord God I, I messed up again Lord or, 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 or I stumbled and I fell again Lord and so you're approaching him with a renewed spirit of repentance but in doing so there's a time of refreshing there's a time of renewal that just sweeps across this place and you feel the fresh touch of heaven upon your life because that hope has not dissipated. That hope has not died. That hope has not left the stage. It is still powerful. It is still evident. And it's still relevant for every generation. That hope of renewal. Hope. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.